on this episode. Happy Yuletide! Ooh, it's Yuletide! But Jim, are you a fan of Yuletide? It's hard to tell. What do you mean? <laughs> if you're on YouTube, you can see my holiday sweater and my elf hat. That's right. Today we have special guest Jimbo the Elf live from Santa's workshop. Yay! <laughs> That's right. You're very festive. I remember this sweater from last year and it's one of my favorites because it has the for real mane on your Mustang. Your Mustang's insane. It's a unicorn. Oh, that's it, right. The, the we horn, had this conversation. Last there's a horn. Too. Yeah, it's a unicorn. It's so my sorry. ugly sweater with a furry unicorn on it. It's amazing. Light from Lantern presents. Knit a spell. I'm magical maker, Katie Rempe. And I'm the maker of magic, James Devine. Join us as we stitch together the symbiotic relationship between crafting and the craft. So Merry Yuletide. What is it? What is Yule? So let's talk about it. The word Yule refers to a indigenous winter festival celebrated by Germanic people in Europe. Earliest references are somewhere in the modern calendar year between mid-November and early January. And so the Norse people referenced this ancient god named Odin. And oh, yes, Odin. So if you think about Northern Europe and Iceland and in Danish, Swedish, Norwegian, Proto-Germanic type of people, Odin was the king of the gods, like the main sort of dude. And he would be tromping through the woods and he would show up sometimes at your little house in the snow and you had all your food stores for the winter and he would show up as a ragged traveler, disheveled, like he's a mess, he's stinky, a ne'er-do-well type person, lost in the woods. And he would sh knock on your door and you would open and he would say, I'm lost in the woods, I need help. And you would help him or not help him. And you would give generously to this stranger who showed up and he would eat you out of some of your food stores for the winter, making you very worried that you would be able to feed your family. If you did that, the god Odin would bless you with amazing abundance after mm. he left, giving you the gifts beyond compare. And of course, he has this beard, white beard, and he's this big guy, right? Hmm, Sounds, sounds familiar. familiar. Yeah. If you were naughty and selfish and did not help this traveler, oh boy. you lost out on that blessing and you were actually did not get blessings. Oh this was Tough a, year ahead. Yeah, this was a common myth. And a lot of it stems from this idea that if you denied help of a stranger who was in the wintertime in these Northern European climates, they would die mm. because it's an unforgiving landscape in the winter. So it's this sort of cautionary tale to help strangers and to help people who are in that situation. And it's maybe the proto like Santa Claus type yeah. of idea. Another sort of origin festival or thing that influences the holidays at this time of year is something from Roman paganism. And it actually is influenced by ancient Greek festivals, but it's something from Rome that's the ancient Roman festival and holiday honoring the god Saturn called Saturnalia. And that oh. was held um, around the 17th of December in the Julian calendar, but then it expanded 
through like December 23rd. It influenced the holidays of Christmas or then the Epiphany. And it was a raucous holiday. Mm -hmm. It was one of the funnest holidays. Everyone who wrote about it in Rome said it was the best of days. It was a really awesome like week-long, really fun celebration. And this is when gambling was permitted, when the masters would serve their servants. So there was a role reversal type of thing happening. Lots of gift giving, lots of liberty for both slaves and free people alike. The common custom was the election of the king of Saturnalia, who would give orders to people and lots of merrymaking. So it was a lot of pretend oh. orders like, hey, you need to kiss so and so. Ah, yes, the mischievous. You know, yes, I love it. Lots of drunkenness and partying. And there was a lot of gag gifts that people would give and silly things that would just make <laughs> people laugh. So it was a lot of merriment and laughing and just a relief from the burdens of the year with flowing wine and laughter and joy. And there was lots of vendors. And so people would open up their shops. And for weeks ahead of time, people would shop and shop for gifts. Mm. And so it was tis the season for shopping. Does that sound familiar? (laughs) Even back then, thousands of years ago, people complained that Saturnalia was becoming too materialistic and too consumer-based. Oh my. Sound familiar? What would they think of us now? The last thing I'll say about Yuletide is in modern paganism, Yuletide holds this idea of the Oak King and the Holly King. And this is an idea of why do we have this idea of the Holly? So there's this idea that the Holly King is this old man who dies at this time of year and the new king takes over. This young, virile oak king is born and is ready to take his place. And so the holly king passes his reign on to the oak king at this time of year. And in the summertime, the summer solstice, the holly king takes over for the oak king. And it's this trading of rule between the Mm -hmm. oak king and the holly king. And this has a lot of symbolism as well. So Yuletide is this multiple sort of holidays that we've amalgamated from a lot of different traditions today and are influenced by all these things. And they influence both our modern day secular Christmas, even our religious Christmas is influenced by these ancient holidays. And it is the birth of the sun. It's the winter solstice in the Northern hemisphere and the summer solstice in the Southern hemisphere. And so in the Northern hemisphere, Yuletide or the winter solstice is the moment that the days start to lengthen. And so Mm. we see the birth of the sun. Sound familiar? Yes. (laughs) Hmm. So the sun is born after three days and is reborn. And we start to see that, oh, the resurrection promise is fulfilled. And we start to see the days lengthen. And so this birth and resurrection myth all in one holiday. It's so interesting to see Odin could be Santa and Krampus or Krampus could be like the, the, you didn't treat me well, you're going to see another side of me. Krampus is a demonic character from Germany and other Germanic traditions that shows up and captures the naughty kids 
beats them with birch twigs. Birch twigs are symbolic of purification and uh, puts them in a bag and carries them off. So it's a threat for the naughty children to be good. This is a similar thing that happens in Holland in the Netherlands, where there's a whole bunch of sort of Santa's helpers that also pick up kids that are naughty and beat them with birch twigs. So the birch twigs are used in hothouses that Mm. you beat yourself with birch. It's a purification. You're very good for your skin because the leaves and what's in the birch sap mm-hmm. gently yeah. um, run it over your skin. So this is something that is a theme in these same festivals when you're like purificate as a symbol of your purification. So it's wow. a very interesting theme that runs through and you'll see it in, in the images. Wow. Of course. Again, things I just don't put together. You just, in- I see things so literally. But of course, it would yeah. have a symbolic meaning because of it. Yeah. And we have a very narrow view in North America and in, in the United <laughs> States. Santa lives where? North Pole. Yeah. But in the Netherlands, Santa lives in Spain. And oh. he arrives in the Netherlands in a steamboat, of course, with all of his helpers. That's well, how obviously. Santa. Obviously, that's how Santa arrives. Hmm. He doesn't fly in a magic sleigh with reindeer that's very north america that's very united states so in other countries santa has a completely different myth and he also dresses like a pope he has a pope's hat he rides on a white horse through the towns giving children gifts in their shoe in their clog so it's a completely different image of santa so when you go to holland you don't have the same santa experience that you have here oh interesting Ugh. But of course, it would be different. Oh, so cool. So how do you personally feel about this time of year? It's hard to tell from your fully decked out person right now, but uh, I'm curious. (laughs) Anyway. The best way to spread Christmas cheer is singing loudly for all to hear. (laughs) So you are the holiday elf. He is the spirit of the season, everybody. (laughs) I really do love Yuletide. I love Halloween also. I love the holidays, all holidays. I just think it's so much fun to get into it. Like, why resist? Why not? I think that it's totally worthwhile to experience the pain and anguish of a holiday that has been Mm co-opted by the mainstream and by materialistic and the bullshit of our mainstream society. And that sucks. And being under pressure from our mainstream society makes can make the holidays feel terrible. So I can see, show me on the doll where Christmas and Christianity has hurt you is yeah. completely valid. But what can give you freedom is to embrace Saturnalia, flip it, drop down, twist it and reverse it. Ooh. And own Yuletide and Saturnalia as the ancient pagan festival that it is and (laughs) stick it to our social programming. Yes, the capitalists, yes. Yeah, and have it be a countercultural activity and live in pride with this countercultural pagan festival and eat, drink, be merry, have an orgy. I don't know. Do something that doesn't seem very Christmassy on the equinox yeah i mean it sounds very saturnalia y though from what we just were saying earlier so you know what have your orgy if that's your present for yourself (laughs) you do what you want so that's some good perspective because it's not that i don't enjoy this time of year it's just that it's 
endless. It starts the day before Halloween when I'm looking oh, to September grab some. Oh, September 4th. <sighs> yeah, what Halloween? They basically just bulldoze that. They just, it's like a holding room for uh, holiday decor to go that isn't Halloween. And, yeah. and I used to work some retail. Oh. Holiday oh. music is a little triggering for me. If you're listening and you've worked retail, raise your hand. Everyone's mm. raising their hand. I don't believe in any kind of Yuletide holiday before Thanksgiving, American Thanksgiving, yeah. because that's just not right. I can't. It's so long. And I think that's what's tainted it for me, because by the time it actually arrives, I'm like, isn't this over already? Hasn't yep. this been done for several weeks by now? Yep. So it's like the uh, political problem, like election season has been forever and I'm oh, just yeah. done with it. Sick, so. sick of it. Yeah, Here's you're your gift. I'm over it. <laughs> yeah, you're 100% right. If we go to Christianity, Christmas, the 12 days of Christmas, which is uniquely Christian, right. actually begin on Christmas Day and end on the Epiphany. Right. If you're celebrating Christmas correctly, you begin Christmas on Christmas Day, and then you have 12 days of Christmas mm -hmm. celebration, of visiting with people, of visiting people in hospital, and visiting and singing Christmas carols in, in old folks' homes and taking gifts to people for 12 days. And then on the Epiphany, a big gift-giving day, you go to church and you celebrate the coming of the three wise men and all of that stuff. And that's the beginning then of Mardi Gras season. And mm. shortly thereafter, it Lent season begins before Easter. If you're going to talk about Christianity, like there is this completely secular Christmas that's taken over and the there, I don't know anyone, even a spiritual person who takes on Christmas in that way, because like, we're so sick of Christmas. Maybe that's why people used to wait and plus the rise of the commercialism push. But I used to hear, oh, we, we used to decorate the tree and put everything up the day before. On Christmas Eve. That's what we yeah. did as kids. Yeah. yeah as I'd kids, like, my well, family did that. That's pretty cool. If you're doing it till 12 days after, then it's not yes. just like a one and done kind of yeah. day. Like you had it up for three days, one day. What is that all right. about? And as a kid, what Santa would bring would be the Christmas tree and the gifts. Oh, and we would Santa wake up Christmas. Yeah. We would wake up Christmas morning and the house would be decorated and there'd be treat gifts under the tree. And then we'd celebrate for 12 days. Oh. We were one of those families cool. that actually did that. Whoa. Because before Christmas was Advent, where we yeah. were waiting for the right, birth the arrival, of, yeah. yes, we were very much that way. And it Just, was uh, anticipation. Oh, and that's it was really the best special. Part, right? It was super special to do it that way. There hmm. was no Christmas music. So we would do candy cane making parties and pasta making parties to prepare. What type of magic do you work at this time of year? Oh, yeah. So this is a time when... There's still some things to gather. There's the last bits of remaining gathering. The harvest is pretty much over, but it's just in some mm -hmm. areas coming in. You are canning, you are preserving, you're taking the stores of produce and things from the harvest, and you're still in the place of canning them and making them. So you have a lot of those things that you've just put in jars or dried mm. or made. And so there's a lot of that kind of gift giving that happens in exchange. Sure. So you see a lot of that expressed in gifts. People have made things from the harvest. And so they're exchanging. If I was a farmer and I had an apple orchard, I would be making all kinds of 
things from my apples and I'd be exchanging them and gifting them to people and they would be gifting me things from Mm. their farm. And so I would be getting dried meats and I would be giving them apples. And so this kind of exchange would be happening at this time of year, just so that there would be a variety of supplies to get through the winter so that we wouldn't just be living off apples all year. We'd Mm. have a variety of things to get through. So you start to see those kind of things happen. And that makes a lot of sense at this time of year, which is why the crafts make a lot of sense. Yeah. And again, that they didn't start as just, oh, it's just a fun craft, something for me to do for the time. It's every minute you had to be doing something that was useful, like making the sweater so you wouldn't freeze that year because it's so big and worn out that, you know, you have to do one. Yeah. You're patching the the bedspread. You're Doing all these things. Yeah, exactly. Today in our modern world, we can emulate that, but it's a different world today. But the symbolic aspects are really fun. We exchange gifts and show that generosity. So magically, we can show this generosity and remind ourselves of all of these aspects of both being kind to strangers and being kind to people who Mm -hmm. have less than, remembering that anyone could be Odin. Yes. This is the season of giving, by the way. Yes. Generosity and kindness. Yep. And that's magical because we can really see that in the myths. Yep. And giving of your time and not just money is also really great because not everyone has the luxury of money. And sometimes money is the easy way to deal with things. Not bad, but just maybe less meaningful because you you didn't have to make the sweater. (laughs) Sometimes it's everything, though. Yeah, sometimes exactly. giving 20 bucks is a lot for someone. Yep. So absolutely. Yep. <clears throat> Katie, I wonder, do you believe in Santa? Jim, Santa always freaked me out. What? Yeah, I was the kid who you put on the lap and then just screamed the whole time. It was always a very intimidating person to me, and I never was comfortable with it. So do we have photos of little Katie like this? Oh, yeah. Fully red face, like reaching out to mom. Oh, I love it. I want to see if we can find one of those and put it on our show notes. Oh, my gosh. Yes. I will have my mom look for them. You know her, Connie Rempe. She was on the show earlier in the year. She will find Come on, Connie. Come through, Connie. (laughs) You got this. (laughs) (laughs) But what about you? Do you believe in Santa? So you don't believe so you don't believe Santa actually exists? Oh, I guess I never really thought about it. So I guess at this point, I would say A cautious no, only because I know enough not to have a firm stance on any of that kind of stuff. You can have a firm stance. You never know. (laughs) You can not believe in things. As far as I'm currently aware of in my mind, no. Offended. No. All right. I totally believe in Santa. Okay. How? Uh, Not how, but like in what manner? You're ready to call Harborview and be like, he needs committed to the site. No, no, I'm going to call the newspapers and be like, proved. Jim knows the facts. (laughs) Santa 100% exists. And it exists as an aggregor, or some people might pronounce it a Gregor, as an energy of generosity and love and as the idea when we're not being materialistic, when we're truly Mm. being generous with the giving of gifts and the giving of ourselves to each other, that is the spirit of Santa. I see. Yeah. Like how does Santa actually exist in the world and make it across the world in one night? 
Mm. It is not the physical existence of a bearded, creepy man at the shopping mall that then somehow rides in a sleigh. No, it is that everyone is possessed by a desire to give a token of something, Mm. even if it's a painted pet rock to their sister, right? Whatever the thing is that represents, I was thinking of you, or I love you, or a token of something tangible. We often discount the physical, the earth element as not having a tangible or spiritual or energetic aspect to it because of the way our world conditions us to be materialistic. Mm. But when we really embrace it as also spiritual, we can really understand that a physical object can carry energetic and magical energy. And I think that's one of the coolest ways to think about the existence of Santa, not in the creepy way at the mall. I'm way down for that idea. And I agree with you totally. It is a concept. It is not a literal fat guy in a suit who is breaking into your house. Cool. (laughs) When we come back from our break, We're going to talk about decking the halls with boughs of holly and why we might do that. And a bunch of things that we don't think about as magical crafting, but that might be. All right. We'll be right back. Hey, Nidispel fans, join our Patreon for just $13 a month to gain access to extended episode comments, episode outtakes, behind the scenes and bonus content, magical making tips, monthly polls to influence future topics and guests, and interact with your fellow patrons. Plus, you'll be supporting one of your favorite podcasts. Join today to gain access to our entire post history. Visit patreon.com forward slash light from lantern to learn more and sign up. Jim and I look forward to seeing you there. Your hands are the map to achieving anything you want in life. But it's hard to read that map in just one reading. My coaching packages allow me to work with you over time to build towards your goals. We bring in life coaching, executive coaching, leadership coaching. We bring in tarot, palmistry, a little bit of astrology, all the mystical and the practical together. And these amazing coaching pathways that my clients are on already really help propel people towards their goals. Learn more about Jim's new coaching packages by sending him an email at jim at thedivinehand.com to schedule a free discovery call or visit thedivinehand.com to learn more. And Merry Yuletide! (laughs) (laughs) How did I not see that coming? (laughs) I had to. We're back with Jimbo the Elf and (laughs) he's still excited about the Yuletide season, which tracks. I love you so much. People are going to think I'm more into Yuletide than I, I mean, I am totally into Yuletide. It is our Maybe this is an accurate representation. Yeah. It is our funnest like thing we do. So in our coven, we stay up all night long. So we start at sundown and we end at sunrise and we party all night long in a Saturnalia type fun, rebel, ridiculous, Mm. awesome all night vigil. We're not really vigiling or partying. And we drum up the sun in the morning. You're welcome. Mm -hmm. You're welcome, everyone. Save Um, the world again. Yep. uh Uh-huh. And it's just a blast. And we just have so much fun. And yes, everyone takes the day after because we're all wrecked. And Mm, just going to bed like full of 
yummy food mm. that everyone made and there's a gift exchange and they're all like handmade gifts, different things that people have mostly handmade or hand adorned in some way. The feeling of fullness of magic and friendship and joy and love, ah, it's the best. This is the time of year when community really counts because like you said, it was practical. It helped you from having only apples to eat for five months and hoping that you had enough. And if something happened, you had a community to help support you in this time. That's right. People who had interest in you not dying, which is really cool. Which is yeah. true today. If there's a hurricane or a tornado or an earthquake or whatever's happening, mm. you have your community to support you. That's right. Mm -hmm. That's why also investing in charitable acts around this time is super important and part of the whole mainstay of it. Because yes. without it, no one survives. Abundance right. comes in giving. Wouldn't you agree? I totally agree with that. And that's part of this, the magic. When we think about the myth of Odin and the example of Saturnalia, the whole thing of giving to those who have less, giving to the underserved. Why is that such a push at this time of year? It comes from the charity work that is told to us in ancient times of giving to Odin and giving to those who are poor and who are derelict. Mm. This is something that is ancient magic. And it isn't just to be self-serving. Some philosophers would say everything we do is self-serving. But we would look at that and we would say, this is part of the magic of the season is mm -hmm. to balance out the power to give to those less fortunate. We are overwhelmed with less things after the harvest time. And mm -hmm. there's so much that we have. Of course, we give and we are charitable at this time of year. And this is the time to do that. In Japan, the Japanese custom is to always pour someone else's tea and pour your own tea last. When you're pouring someone else's tea, you pour the blessings, you pour with intention, you pour with love and good feelings to, in someone else's cup. And this is a similar thing. As you're giving to someone else, you give with intention of blessings and of abundance and of prosperity for them. Yeah. Oh, that's beautiful. So as you're putting that Toys for Tot gift into the box, as mm. you're giving that extra donation, you can give a little intention with that teddy bear may this bring that family abundance and a transformation in their station. May Ew, this yeah. donation to the ringing bell Santa bring whoever this comes in contact with abundance and prosperity. May this donation to the food bank mm. bring that family transformation. What a cool thing to do magically. Yeah. Just expanding on the energy you're already putting out there. Yeah, that's, that's right. great. Yep. We have all sorts of fun ways to do some more energy into your making around this time of year, including, like you said, things that you probably didn't even consider were magical crafting. A couple of the things I thought of were one of our favorites to talk about, which is making a blocking water or a wash or something that you're using around the house with your intention herbs and oils and things like that. So things that are seasonally popular around this time are like orange and cinnamon and evergreen. What other scents am I missing? Yeah. One of the coolest things you can do is take an orange mm. and decorate it by piercing it with cl whole cloves. 
That's right. You can put cinnamon oil on it. Mm -hmm. You can anoint it with a spray with different oils like evergreen. You could put evergreen boughs on it, little berries at the top. It can be a very beautifully scented orange. It's very traditional to do this. And it can be very magical. It's a symbol of abundance. As it dries, it becomes an ornament that can be preserved. They can sometimes get moldy, but they can also sometimes dry really well, especially if you dip them in, oh, I forget what it's called. You can, in orris root. So you can- Oh, orris um, root. Yeah. So you can do different things to preserve them in a natural setting powder. In any case, there's different things you can do, but you can find instructions for that. And they can be a really fantastic, magical talisman for your home. We like to hang them from on either side of the mantle, from the lights or in the windows. Cinnamon sticks are really beautiful to include in popcorn strings. So that's another thing mm. you can do. You can decorate outside with yes. popcorn and cranberries and cinnamon sticks and put that outside and the birds will land and peck at it. And that's mm. a really beautiful thing to do in the winter time. Oh. So there's all kinds of really beautiful things you can do. Certainly sprays with cinnamon, orange, evergreen, different essential oils can bring that abundance and prosperity and energy into your home as well. So these are mm -hmm. all fabulous things to do and they make your house just smell like holidays. Yeah, exactly. And the scent is always such a magical experience. Yeah. Every time um, I walk by those cinnamon scented ooh, things in the store, yes. I think, oh, I want to make my own, gather my own pine cones, put them together and then put my own uh, concentrated oh. spray on those instead of getting the ones that are probably artificial from the store. Less expensive in the long run too, actually, or you'd be or, able to make many of them from the oil probably that you're yeah. getting. <laughs> you can deck the boughs with deck the boughs of holly, right? Boughs of deck holly? the halls deck with boughs of holly. There we go. Here in the Pacific Northwest, we do have holly that grows and it is an invasive species. So except for places where it's planted purposefully, hmm. we gather rogue holly boughs from oh. invasive places. And it often Smart. is growing with berries that are red at, the, at mm -hmm. this time of year. And we actually literally deck our halls with boughs of holly. And the holly is a symbol of this renewed time of year and that mm -hmm. the sun is returning and that there is this, that the new year will bring prosperity. Mm -hmm. It's a beautiful magic plant. And yeah. so we do hang it over all of the doors, all of the passageways in the home. And mm -hmm. it is absolutely beautiful to see it up those big prickly branches with the red berries. Yeah. So we do hang it all over our home. We decorate our home uh, to the max. So yes, our home is decked with boughs of holly and we are dressed in very gay apparel That's super right. gay as you can tell right now <laughs> i don't know it looks pretty low-key jim it's, it's as gay as possible <laughs> i never thought about that song being so pagan but you mentioned to me earlier there's not really like a christmas connotation to it if yeah. you really listen and yeah you're right deck the halls doesn't have any reference to christmas it is deck the halls with Bows of Holly, fa -la, 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 la Oh, now I'm forgetting the words. Don, we you can't remember it without singing the whole thing. It's yeah, it's Bows magic. That's right. It is. It doesn't reference anything Christian. It is really a very pagan, a Germanic mm. song about the celebration of the holiday. It's a very fun song to sing at this time of year. 
Yeah, yeah. that's a good one. Well, holiday songs are one of the ways, one of the crafting, one of the ways to be magical. It can be a chant. That's There's true. lots of non-Christian songs that have come up in recent times mm. that are about the holiday, both sec- both modern songs, but also repurposing older songs and very ancient songs that have been created or redone. So those are really great ways. And like with the branches and things we can craft from nature. And so there's all kinds of things to create wreaths and uh, adorn candles and other things. Mm. You want to be careful with candles and natural things because the burning fire. Thing. Right. <laughs> the flame. Yeah. Flame aspect, you know, yeah. what with fire. Yeah. And in that vein, you can also craft for nature. So let's say as part of your charitable act, you're thanking your local fairies and birds and deer and nature yeah. bits with little like pine cones with peanut butter and seeds on them. Yes. Or... Make suet for them. Mm, exactly. Yes. So treat your local wildlife and thus the spirits will be happy because you're taking time to connect with them that's right and that's similar to the popcorn and berry and cranberry but yes making suet and other things to feed the birds and hang those up on a tree as decoration is a Mm -hmm. fabulous way to attract birds and have them around during the holiday Yep. So let's wrap by saying the things that we may not typically think of as magic. Oh my gosh. Everything. <laughs> oh, right. Basically, it's everything <laughs> at the holidays that we don't think of as magic can be magic. Your holiday, it's a symbol of right. the evergreen of continued life throughout this season. And adorning it with de- decoration is a symbol of the sky, the universe, of the stars, of mm-hmm. the planets in the sky, of the connection that we have with all of that. You can think of that as magical as you're decorating it. All of the decorations in the house, the circular symbol of the wreath of the evergreen wreath, the right. bells and their symbol of the resounding right. sounds that go. What are some of them that you were thinking? Oh, candles, obviously, and singing. The light. The light that continues throughout this dark time and the rebirth of the sun, yep. singing and the resounding sounds that go through the woods. And at wintertime, the sounds carry so much more. Mm-hmm. Beautiful it is to hear that singing at this time. Yep. And since community is a big aspect, of course, music very easily flows into that. Even if it's just, oh, a bunch of your friends around doing a craft, you're probably going to have music in the background, whether it's seasonal or just something that you everyone likes to raise the vibration of the energy. It's going to be yeah. in there. Yeah. Slow and jazz. Then, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Whatever no. your, your flavor is that you want it to be, <laughs> but also like cooking. So cooking for people, cooking in general, feasting, the community aspect, enjoying the abundance and enjoying it with others. That's right. I think having parties is a magical act. Mm -hmm. It comes to welcoming in guests and being generous with guests, having those community events, whether it's group crafting or just having people over. Those are things that can be very magical and sharing your gifts and generosity with others can really Mm -hmm. bring an infusion of magic into your life. One of the most magical things we talked about is giving to the poor charity. It is the season of giving charitable acts. Yes. Helping those less fortunate and donating your time as well as your money again. Yeah. If you don't have money, perhaps you have time to spend a couple hours in a soup kitchen or make a hat for your local cancer center and donate that. Yep. Get your friends together who craft and 
knit crochet and weave hats and leave them for the homeless that are around that may That's need right. extra layers this time. There's lots of people in need who will enjoy your craft, even if it's not a gift to someone in your family. That's your extended family and helping anyone is a huge mm -hmm. gift. So Donate your clothing mm -hmm. to a coat drive or other things that you're not using anymore, sweaters, do a clothing drive for the homeless. You may not have the money or the time, but that's something that you may have. If you're looking to help those in need with their specific needs, check like your local food bank and other charities that may have a list of like their most highest needs, because I have really been surprised at what has been on those lists, things that I wouldn't normally think about. Feminine products and socks and toothpastes. I mean, like things that we really take for granted and are so basic to making anyone feel comfortable. That's our list of magical things. Yay. I want to know, dear listener, do you believe in Santa? And if so, or if not, let us know. Drop us a line. Email us at knitaspellpodcast at gmail.com or comment on our Instagram, which is at knitaspell, and linked in our show notes for easy reference. What are your magical acts this holiday season? What gets you into the spirit? Is it your ugly Christmas sweater? Is it your silly hat? Is it watching Elf 15 times? Is it watching yes. a whole day marathon of Ralphie? Yes. Yes. <laughs> What? Is it all of those things? Is I'm it something feeling, we didn't even think about? We want to know. Drop us a line. Personally attacked. <laughs> Does Santa freak you out? Are you team Katie? Well, I need to know if I have friends and allies out there. Let me know. Help Katie out. I can't be the only one, right? <laughs> Maybe I am. I don't know. All right, Jim. Until next week, I'll see you then. Happy Yule. Deck the halls with boughs of holly. I love holiday music. Yay. <laughs> Bye, everybody. Bye. Thanks for Thanks listening. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed the show, consider sharing it with a friend, leaving a review on iTunes and Spotify, or following Knit a Spell on Instagram. You can also subscribe to the Light from Lantern YouTube channel to enjoy full episodes of Knit a Spell and see our happy faces. You can also learn more about readings, classes, and events going on with your favorite maker of magic, James Devine, by visiting thedivinehand.com and subscribing to his newsletter. Then follow Jim's fun and interactive Instagram account at Divine Hand Jim. Keep up with Katie, the magical maker, by subscribing to her newsletter at lightfromlantern.com. You'll receive a free knitting pattern as a thank you gift. Then follow Katie on Instagram at lightfromlantern for even more magical making tips. See you See next, next week. week.